Broadcasting from Indianapolis, Indiana. You're listening to Forgotten Favorites. Forgotten Favorites. On the World Wide Legend. Visit our new website at legendoldies.com. Request a song. See what's currently playing. View the weekly schedule in your local time zone and learn more about your favorite DJs. Listen to talk shows when you want with your computer, Victor Stream, or iPhone, including All Things Radio, ATR Extra, Coffee Club, and Sports Lounge Live. Connect to our Zoom voice chat rooms to talk with us live using your computer, iPhone, or telephone. All this and much more at legendoldies.com. Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball, basketball, football, NASCAR, plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling the Conversation Station or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream, or computer. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9923 and enter the PIN 287-723-4600, followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devin, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, and Bill Sparks. Well, good evening, everyone. I'm Bill Sparks, but I'm joined by a cast of thousands here, and hope you're doing well. It's great day here in Indianapolis. A lot of sports news to talk about. Let me turn it over to Chris. Okay. Hi, everybody. This is our edition, June 2nd, 2019, number 44 of Sports Lounge Live. And we're going to uh, go through, uh, we're going to start with baseball. We've got some varied things to do. We've got the college baseball to talk about. We have uh, the obituary of Bill Buckner, and we want to talk about him. We've got a couple of sound bites, uh, courtesy of Bill, finding them uh, uh, on the web or wherever he got them uh, with Vin Scully, the two famous famous baseball calls with Bill Buckner involved. Uh, we have, uh, we're going to do that. We're going to do, the, of course, where we stand in MLB. Then we're going to go move on to the uh, basketball and hockey, the NBA and the NHL at the finals are are moving along now. Then we are going to talk about um, football a little bit. We have the obituary for Bart Starr. We didn't have all the information on him yet. So uh, we do have some statistics and, and some interesting things about him. And then uh, we're going to do the pick six, a kick six call for, I think it's November 30th, 2013 with uh, Auburn and Alabama. Uh, when uh, the touchdown was run back when a, on a field goal miss, a long field goal miss and Alabama was beaten by Auburn. And it's, of course it's done by Rod Bramlett, the guy who was killed in the car accident last week on that we mentioned to you, uh, the Auburn, the voice of Auburn football. And so that, and then uh, Sean is going to talk about Art Bryles, the former Baylor coach got a little information about him and then let's see what else we got uh we got uh i don't know we'll see what else we, we come up with but other random other random notes to come up depending on what, yeah yeah what so we'll see and we yeah and we've got that so we got the pick six we got two bill buckner so we're starting to be like all things radio we're you know, throwing in little features when we when we have a chance but here is sean with the uh, uh information on where to listen and how to get the show and and very thing well, basically, okay, no, this, we're, right now we're going to let you know about other friends of the show. These are all friends of the show. Of course, our buddy Robert, Ringside Robert, and the Ringside Reporter podcast at uh, ringsidereporter.com. Also, uh, 773-572-7781 is where you can hear that. Also, our good buddy Larry, he, him and Jimmy, they're doing the... Uh, Football contest again. They have rules up seven one two four three two three six four two. When you go to the main menu, go to the boards. 
and it is on board 10. They explain the rules over there. So, and we're going to start talking about Larry's football contest. I mean, we'll maybe have the uh, Larry and Jimmy merging. It's a good football contest. It's fun. It's all that. Also, of course, if you want to leave us a message at any time, throughout the week those of you that are listening online and we do thank you because not everybody can listen live i understand sunday night hey there's a basketball game going on if we weren't here i'd be watching the basketball game so and chris has a boston the yankees game. Yeah, so, yeah we got the red uh, Sox yeah, going. going on so we but you can leave us a message 773-572-7715 hit pound key leave us a message do not mark it private that way we can all hear it also at Anytime, if you are listening live, and we thank all of you that do listen live, you want to join us, download your Zoom app or dial 646-876-9923. When you're in, you do 287-723-4600. Hit the pound key twice. Star 6, mute you. Star 6, unmute you. Star 9, raises your hand if you're on the phone. Alt-Y on the computer, and you hit more. And we want to thank our friend Pam Francis for letting us know you hit more on the iPhone. That will get you. Now, let's get on in. We had an interesting week. Uh, We got college baseball, the regionals going on, Major League Baseball. So let's hit some baseball, folks. Okay. So, Perry, you want to tell us what you know about college baseball and where we stand with the tournament? Well, let's see. Our first number one seed has been eliminated. We have 16 number one seeds that host this weekend. And the first one yesterday was eliminated, that being Oregon State. Uh, Oregon State, of course, um, they won. They won the College World Series last year. And um, they were eliminated yesterday. Probably a few more today, but so far, we haven't had any eliminated yet. A lot of the the, the teams that were supposed to win that were in the elimination games today have won. So there may be quite a few games played yet tomorrow for this. Um, for it's a double elimination is what it is. You have, you, you play until you lose two games. Very simply put, you play until you lose two games. So, um, and then next week, next week, the, the winners of each region region, they match up in best two or three next week. Correct. Like a weekend series would be during the regular season is the way that works. Yeah. Then you go to Omaha. And that's double elimination too. So, um, but like I say, Oregon State. Well, double lemon, Okay, double elimination in the in each bracket, and, and then yeah, until you get to the final what, series, then that's best. And then you do best two or three. Yeah. Yes. Um, interestingly enough, and I didn't see this game on Friday night, but this was pointed out by uh, David, the ultimate sports fan, this morning. Um, apparently, Oregon State was playing Cincinnati, and uh, the Beavers had the bases loaded. And uh, Adley Rushman is the kid's name, and he's he's thought to be, if not number one, he's going to be right up at the top of the draft tomorrow. And uh, yeah. instead of pitching to him with the bases loaded, Cincinnati walked him to walk in a run. I guess they figured that hey, we can walk in one run, and it's better to do that than to you know let him drive in two, three, or four runs. But uh, I don't know that I've ever heard of that happening before. Walking in, I a- have not. I've never heard that happen. Maybe Barry Bond said that happen uh, once or twice. Uh, but, but it did. Uh, it I- did work out for Cincinnati. They did win the game seven to six. Right, and and again, Oregon State lost the next day to uh, Creighton. I think it was so that knocked them out. Right, so, uh, Creighton, yeah. the last I heard, Creighton was was winning today as well. So 
Okay. So uh, the uh, another big story in baseball this week was the death of Bill Buckner, and everybody's kind of like, well, who uh, Bill Buckner? Ball went through his legs. Well, well, we'll talk about that. But but he he did a lot more than that. He was a very good player. He's a borderline Hall of Famer. Whether he'll make the Hall of Fame, I don't know. But he he is certainly uh, up for consideration. So he built. He died on Monday at the age of sixty nine. He had uh, Louis body dementia. I guess they call it. Um, he since then named Casey Kasem had. Oh, okay. Uh, of course, a lot younger than uh, uh, Casey Kasem was. So uh, this is a really severe thing. At uh, be sixty nine and have that, that's not good. Uh, he um, came up with the Dodgers as an outfielder in nineteen sixty nine and played with the Dodgers through to nineteen seventy six. He went then went to the Cubs from seventy seven to the middle of the eighty four season and about this time of year, was traded to the Red Sox for Dennis Eckersley. So he was here with the Red Sox from 84 through 87. He uh, then went to the Angels in 87 and 88, Kansas City, 88 and 89, then back to the Red Sox briefly in 1990. Uh, He won the batting title in the National League in 1980. He was an All-Star in 1981. He uh, hit 289 over his career, which is a very good uh, batting average for a career. Uh, Let's see, in... um, uh, he had 1,077 runs scored. He had uh, 174 home runs. So not a power hitter, line drive hitter. Uh, 174 home runs, uh, 1,208 RBIs. He had 83 steals, so he had a little speed. Lots um, of singles he, and doubles he would hit. Yeah, yeah. He, I, he, I'm not, I don't have the actual hit total, but he was over 2,700 hits. So, uh, you know, so we have two uh, pieces of audio, both uh, by Vin Scully, calling Bill Buckner. And let me set them up for you. First of all, in, it was April 8th, 1974, and uh, there were three uh, broadcasters doing uh, the, the game because NBC had the game of the week on TV, the Monday night game, and they were actually going to do all the Hank Aaron at bats. If that has not happened that night, they were going to do. They were going to break into any program, and Kurt Gowdy, I think, was gonna, and Tony Kubek, whoever, were going to follow him around and do at bats. So they got it over in the first home game of the year for Atlanta on April 8th, Monday night, and uh, so we had there was Kurt Gowdy calling it Milo Hamilton. That's a call you always hear the Braves announcer, who apparently stole the inning from Ernie Johnson, but he was bound and determined he was going to get the call home run seven four to seven fifteen. So he did that. But the best call. I think was the one by um, Ben Scully. And it happens to mention Bill Buckner, who was playing left field at the time. So are you going to, are these going to run together, um, uh, Bill, or are they going to uh, be uh, separate? They, they will be separate, but there'll only be about a half a second pause. Okay. Then I'll set up the other one too, and you can just play them and we'll just do it. They're both uh, by Ben Scully and that the Ben Scully was a radio call. Uh, on the L.A. Dodgers radio network on April 8, 1974, of the Hank Aaron 715th home run. Then we get to um, October, what was it, 25th, early morning of the 26th, actually, World Series game uh, six. Red Sox were leading uh, the World Series three games to two. Dave Henderson had a home run in the top of the 10th, and they scored another run. They had a 5-3 lead, and uh, then the bullpen started to give it up. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, Calvin Chiraldi and Bob Stanley gave it up, and we had a 5-5 tie and with two outs, and uh, Ray Knight at second base for the Mets, and then the ball was hit to Buckner. It went through him. Now, he shouldn't have been in the game. Dave Stapleton was a better uh, first baseman by that time. You know, Bill Buckner is, is you, you know, you do the math. He was 36 years old, um, and he had, had some trouble. I think he had knee problems and stuff. Basically, all the time, John McNamara had had Dave Stapleton in the ball game for defensive purposes late in the game. But he he, he had this thing about he was going to have the veterans out there when they won the won the title or whatever. He tried to give some half uh, lame excuse 
about it. So um, that's what that was all about. Now, what happened then was, of course, the Mets won that game. The Red Sox lost uh, in Game 7. And uh, the momentum was kind of all gone from the Red Sox. I mean, they, they put up a fight and they had a lead in Game 7, too. But who's to say they wouldn't have lost later for another reason? It, it, this was really magnified beyond. But what happened later was, and, and when he came back to Boston, Bill Buckner was kind of booed a little bit, and it wasn't right. But then in 2008, they had Bill Buckner come out of the left field wall with the trophy, with the, uh, you know, when the, when the Red Sox had won their first, uh, uh, well, second World Series. I guess he did it in 08. And, uh, you know, came out with the 2007 trophy. And the fact that all these things that had happened to the Red Sox were kind of forgiven once they won in 04. And that really uh, showed it. And, and Bill Buckner got a standing ovation and all was forgiven with Red Sox fans. So, Bill, if you want to roll the Bill Buckner audio, we can do that. Okay, so we'll do um, Hank Aaron and Bill Buckner. Or do you want me to do them one by one? Does no, you can do I, I've set them both up so okay, you can do them you together now. Once again, a standing ovation for Henry Aaron. So the confrontation for the second time. Aaron walked in the second inning. He means the tying run at the plate now. So we'll see what Downing does. Dallas the belt delivers, and he's low, ball one. And that just adds to the pressure. The crowd booing. Downing has to ignore the sound effects and stay a professional in pitches game. One ball and no strikes. Aaron waiting. The outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive in the deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is gone. in the deep south for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. And it is a great moment for all of us, and particularly for Henry Aaron, who was met at home plate not only by every member of the Braves, but by his father and mother. He threw his arms around his father, and as he left the home plate area, his mother came running across the grass, around his neck, kissed him for all she was worth. As Aaron circled the bases, the Dodgers on the infield shook his hand, and that was a memorable moment. Aaron is being mobbed by photographers, he is holding his right hand high in the air, and for the first time in a long time, that poker face of Aaron shows the tremendous strain of what it must have been like to live with for the past several months. It is over. At 10 minutes after 9 in Atlanta, Georgia, Henry Aaron has eclipsed the mark set by Babe Ruth. You could not, I guess, get two more opposite men. The Babe, big and garrulous and oh so sociable and oh so immense in all of his appetites. 
And then the quiet lad out of Mobile, Alabama. Slender and stayed slender throughout his career. Ruth, as he put on the poundage and the paunch, the Yankees put their ball players in pinstripe uniforms because it made Ruth look slimmer. But they didn't need pinstripe uniforms for Henry Aaron in the twilight of his career. He looked almost the same as he did when he first came up 20 years ago. And so it was a memorable moment before the game, and now what a sweet moment it is here in the middle of the game. So Henry and the Babe, the two greatest home run hitters that have ever lived. And it's a marvelous, wonderful, enjoyable moment here in Atlanta. We're so happy, too, that it could be seen all over the United States, that it will be duly reported all around the world. And I'm sure films of it will be seen around the world, and you can hear Georgia around the world. Henry Aaron is now at the microphone. saying, I thank God it's all over with. And I'm sure he has thanked God many times that he had to do it to get it all over with as he becomes the greatest home run hitter in the history of baseball. That's not audio you'd be proud of. Yeah, well, yeah, you got it at the last minute and uh, whatever. But that, Anytime that Vince, we could hear Vin Scully, that's good. Oh, that's, yeah. that was a wonderful, I'm telling you, and oh. I'm glad you let the whole thing run because that really, you know, we, we're not talking about Hank Aaron tonight. There'll come another day when we may need to play that for another reason if Hank, if Hank Aaron leaves us. But I'm just saying, when you can hear, you're right, Perry, when you can hear Vin Scully do a call like that, you know, a, a younger Vin Scully uh, on the radio. So he, he painted the entire picture, which any ball, a baseball announcer will tell you that when they did radio and TV, they love doing radio because it's their easel, it's their canvas. They can say what they want and get it all in there. And a lot of information there about, hey, the pinstripes, how about that, huh? Maybe you didn't know that. So, yeah, things like that, it's great. So, uh, but Bill Buckner was a good guy, good teammate, and, uh, you know, and, and finally got his just due at the end of his, his uh, career uh, with the Red Sox. And uh, so I think that was put behind. And, but Perry, you pointed out, I mean, all the notifications mentioned that first, but that's going to happen, you know? I mean, there's nothing new about that, I guess. See, and I remember him a lot when he was with the Cubs. Like you said, Chris, he was a singles doubles hitter, and uh, he was he was a good hitter, you know? But yeah. and when he was with the Cubs, of course, that's, I think, when the knee problems started, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. So anyway, all right, let's get up to today here, and we'll give you the standings going into today's action. We'll give you the scores. And I've also started to do, I won't be able to do it next week because I'll be in Pittsburgh. I'll be sort of like a guest panelist sort of just throwing in uh, things because uh, Perry's going to take over a lot of this uh, scoreboard stuff that I do while I'm in Pittsburgh because I won't have the resources I have here. But we'll be there and uh, contributing. But I will give you, uh, I'm going to start uh, talking a little bit more about the wild card. Now we're into June, and we've had over a third of the season played. But let's uh, start with today the standings going into today's action. Yankees leading the American League East at 38 and 19. Tampa Bay second with 35 and 21. So that would be, uh, what, two and a half games out. The Red Sox at 29 and 29, nine and a half out. Toronto, 21 and 37. Baltimore, 18 and 40. In the Central, Minnesota way out in front, 39 and 18. Cleveland into, going into today's action at 29 and 29, 10 and a half out. Chicago, 28 and 30, 11 and a half out. Detroit, 22 and 33. Kansas City, 19 and 39. In the West, Houston also way out in front at 39 and 20. We had Texas at 29, 27. So that'd be eight and a half out. Oakland, 29 and 29, uh, nine and a half out. The Angels, 28 and 30, 10 and a half out. Seattle, 25 and 36. In the National League East, a little uh, battle going on between the Phillies and the Braves. The Phillies going in at 33 and 25 today. Atlanta, 31 and 27, two out. The Mets, 28 and 30, which would make them, what, five out? Um, they've had a rough road trip, which continued today. Washington, 25 and 33, and Miami, 20 and 36. Actually, Miami's playing a little better lately. In the Central, Milwaukee has taken the lead. What's going on, Perry? There must be uh, murmurs in Chicago right now. The Cubs are, are not hitting. That's what's going on. In a lot, in all, to put it very simply, the pitching has been, up until last night, the pitching has been reasonably good, but the Cubs have just not been hitting lately. So right now, the Brewers are 33, or were going into today, 33 and 20. 26. Cubs 31 and 25, just half a game out. <clears throat> Cardinals 29 28, three games out. Pittsburgh 28 and 29, four games out. In Cincinnati, and uh, you know they're not having a great year, but the division isn't running away from them. So they're 27 and 31, and what does that make them? Let's see, uh, seven, five and a half out going into today. In the West, the Dodgers have a healthy lead. They're 40 and 19. Colorado is 30 and 27. And I had not noticed this, but they were, have been putting it together. They won again today. They've got eight wins in a row and they've pushed themselves right in the middle of the wild card race. We'll be talking about that in a, in a few minutes, San Diego at uh, 30 and 28, Arizona, 29 and 30 and the giants at 23 and 34. So here are the scores from today. The giants beat the Orioles eight to three, Washington beat Cincinnati four to one. Minnesota over Tampa Bay 9-7 to in a wild one. I guess the Twins had like a 7 nothing lead, and Tampa Bay really fought back. They did, Atlanta beat, yes. Atlanta, yeah, Atlanta beat the Tigers 7-4. to Milwaukee over Pittsburgh 4-2. to The uh, White Sox beat Cleveland 2 to nothing. White Sox struggled with Cleveland this week. Uh, Cleveland struggled with the White Sox this week in Chicago. Cardinals beat the Cubs 2-1, to and so we've got two of the rivalry games uh, going. Red Sox-Yankees and uh, you know Cardinals and Cubs. So 2-1, to Cardinals over the Cubs. Texas beat Kansas City five to one. Excuse me, excuse me. Colorado over Toronto five to one. Arizona beat the Mets seven to one. I think they're like one and six or something on their road trip. Not good. Uh, they they started to look pretty good and uh, they went on the road. Uh, the Dodgers beat the Phillies eight to nothing. I think the Dodgers may have swept the Phillies this weekend. The Indeed Angels they beat did. yeah. The Angels beat Seattle thirteen to three. And uh, then I had partial scores. And maybe if you have any updates, Perry, if you don't, that's okay. Don't worry about it. We had the A's and the, uh, and the Astros in the bottom of the 10th tied at 4-4 in Oakland. 
Florida was over uh, Miami, I should say, beating San Diego three nothing in the top of the fourth, and the Red Sox beating the Yankees two nothing in the top of the third. The uh, and, Red Sox are now beating the Yankees three to two in the top of the fifth. Okay, so. So looking at the wild card races, we have, and I'm going to give you the, the amount over 500 and under 500, and that'll be the easiest way to do it. Tampa Bay is in very good shape for the first wild card in the American League. They, they're 13 over. The second wild card right now is held by Texas, who won again today. They're three over, but you've got a big log jam right with them. You've got the Red Sox going into today's action at, at 500, Oakland at 500, Chicago minus one, and Cleveland minus one. So that's, you know, that, that everybody's lined up there and has a shot at that second wild card. Tampa Bay uh, is in good shape for the top wild card and, and giving the Yankees a little bit of a battle, too. They're staying in the Yankees' uh, rearview mirror. Uh, in the National League, uh, we have, and we hadn't really, I hadn't really thought about this, but I, I ran it down, Atlanta at five over. This is uh, after the action that I could get today. You know, as we, we know there's games the Red Sox aren't done and the A's aren't done and so forth, so we don't have everything. Atlanta at five over. The Cubs also at five over now. Colorado at four over. Like I say, that that they've really uh, um, you know gotten going again. And of course, they were expected to be a wild. People were picking them for wild cards and so forth. I think most people kind of picked the Dodgers, but the Colorado was in the mix. Uh, so they're four over. San Diego at two over. Cardinals at two over. Arizona at uh, uh, let's see, where is Arizona? Here I had them and they went away. Uh, I think they're also. Uh, Hang on, let me let me. I can quick figure this out because I didn't write it down and I needed to, and I can get. They are. Let's see. Are they five hundred? They won today, didn't they? If they did, they're at five hundred. So there you go. That's uh, you know quite a. And I think the Pirates are two under. So there's there's quite a few teams that still have a shot at the wild card. And this is always the challenge yeah. for baseball teams to figure out. It's still far away. It's two months away. But this is when you start thinking about who you're going to get rid of, what you're going to do, are you going to blow it up? You're Cleveland, for example, and you're in the wild card race. But okay, you make the wild card. Maybe you beat win that game in Tampa Bay. Maybe but are you going to beat Houston or Yankees or Minnesota in a short series? Probably not. So might you might you blow it up? And there are rumors to that effect. But, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. Does anybody else got anything on baseball? We do have a trade today. Uh, Jay Bruce was traded from the Mariners to the Phillies. Um, they got a, a fringe prospect back. I'm not sure who that was. But Jay Bruce uh, traded from the Mariners to the Phillies. And we do have a couple of hands. So, okay. uh, Pam, go ahead. And Jerry, then you're next. Yeah, I'm just wondering everyone's opinion on the <clears throat> fixed trade deadline, I guess, is, is just coming into effect this year. How you think yeah. that's going to affect the way teams move their players and, and, and what they ask for? Oh, it definitely, well, gonna, will, it'll definitely affect the way they move their players because now yeah. you don't have that August, you know, that secondary August time you can use. So it'll definitely impact what they do. And it'll also make a team who, who thinks they may be in the running for something know that, hey, I have to fix it now because this is the last time I can externally fix it. The only other way I can fix a problem is if I have something at AAA that I can bring up or something like that. So it'll definitely play a role. Yeah. And you see you, now, and you may see earlier things like this, Jay Bruce. Here we are, June, psychological, new month, you know, third of the way through the season. Mariners say, okay, look, we started at 13 and two, but we're, we're not going anywhere. Jay Bruce is an asset. Let's see. And we can get more from the Phillies. We can say to the Phillies, hey, you're going to have them for two thirds of the season. You need to give us more stuff. So uh, I'm sure that's why the trade was made now. They would have gotten less if they'd waited. And, uh, you know, the Phillies get what they need and the Mariners uh, get, get some prospects. So, yeah. And it, and it yeah. sounds like it sounds like Edwin and Carnassi own maybe the next Mariner to go. Yes, because, yes, that makes sense. They're try, what they're trying to do if you're the Mariners, they're trying to shed um, salary. They want to get rid of the money. Right. 
right? And so, uh, so can can anything else? Anything else, Pam? Yeah, huh? a follow-up question to that. Yeah, is the July thirty-first deadline now effectively August thirty-first, or is it no, no, it, no, no? It's July thirty-first. Still, the, the August, the, what you could do in August, that's now been eliminated. Okay. So you have to have everything done July thirty-first. Yep. Then September first, you still call your. Uh, Right. Did they limit the number of players that we called up, or is that next no, year? No, I, th I think they're going to negotiate that in the next uh, CBA. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I know Jerry, there's Jerry, talk of limits. Jerry, what's up? Okay. Uh, I really enjoyed that Vince Scully call of the, of the Hank Aaron uh, 715th. Uh, you know, he was – what was impressive about him, I'll never forget when I first saw him – uh, on, on, on Dodger television, uh, was, I was at my brother's for a wedding in 05. And, uh, of course he had, uh, MLB extra innings and, you know, he did the TV play by play, just like the radio. Yep. Uh, and, and I he was, loved, and he was by, and he was by himself. Yeah. For nine yep. innings. And I love the way he, he, he let you hear the crowd after the home run was hit. So you could imagine what the moment was like. Well, he said in interviews that when he was a kid, he would listen to football and baseball games and stuff on the radio, and he'd sit under the big speakers you'd have in an old-fashioned radio, and he just was fascinated by the sound of the crowd and how could people make that much noise and all that. And he would just sit there and listen, and he liked it when people just let the crowd go for a while. And you notice, if you hear some of the calls that Red Barber did, he did the same thing. He would wait. He read, Remember that Vin Scully was trained by Red Barber, and he would wait and give it a few, give it a minute, you know, or 30 seconds to let the crowd just wash over you and then and, and you say you know they're you know they're tearing what was it lava jetto got that he said they're tearing lava jetto to pieces you know stuff like that after about 30 seconds things of that sort so yeah yep. you know okay. i gotta tell you last night though i really wish i'd have had a, a recorder running because the cubs and the cardinals had a three hour and 37 minute rain delay last night and what camo x now does during rain delays is they replay things that have wow. aired in the past. And they replayed one last night. It was Jack Buck and um, Charlie Spoonauer, the former Southwest Missouri State basketball coach. I guess they did a show together on KMOX. Mm -hmm. They had, um, together as, a, as guests, they had Ted Williams and Stan Musial. Can you just imagine wow. that audio? That's great. Oh, well, I'm sure that gradually, as the score uh, worsened for the Blues, the KMOX got more and more listeners <laughs> when they had saw something like that over there. You know, well, that, that's you know what, stuff. the listeners would have been on Y98 because that's where the car, that's where the baseball game was at last night. Oh, okay, all right. Oh, oh so they're yeah. putting the, the Blues on KMOX, huh? Yep. All right. I mean, I can't tell because I'm online. You know, I'm listening to the Blues online, so I can't tell where you know, you'd have to really listen to the IDs. And, of course, I'm mostly listening to the Bruins. But that transitions us to hockey and basketball. Let's do basketball first. Well, okay. Wait, okay. Hold on. Before we get to that, we need to address the Alberta Mora Jr. situation. The All right. This happened Wednesday night, Cubs-Astros. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yes. And a little kid, four-year, I mean, well, two-year-old kid. I think he was two. It was a girl. It was a sheep. It was a girl, wasn't it? It was a little girl. Yes. It was a little girl. Yes, it was a little girl. You are correct. And foul ball went off. Hit the little girl, Albert Amora Jr. I mean, rightfully so. He was broke up. He he was hurting. He was like you know, and he couldn't even hardly come to his next at bat. He was having trouble. Security was trying to console him. However, now they're talking. 
they're seriously talking about putting netting. They have netting around some of the field. They're talking about putting netting around all of the field to protect a fan. Now, Japan, they do this. Of course, a lot of people are like, wait a minute, you know, what about we get souvenirs, foul ball? You know, it's a good souvenir. It's uh, what's the but, you know, I'm like, okay, we're going to have netting. I mean, you know, you know what's going to happen. Your kid was there. Yes, it sucks. It's sad. But you're going to have that. You're going to have netting to protect everything. You know, I mean, I understand I feel bad for the kid. But why do we have to have this netting to protect? I don't know. Well, that's a good question. I mean, the thing is that we're now in, as we know, a litigious society. Everybody sues everybody. The issue is now you do uh, in, intrinsic in your ticket, and the price says on small print, and all the tickets uh, that you know you're responsible for anything that might happen like that. And that would be true in a hockey game with a puck or anything else that could happen. Um, so that's there. But might they be getting advice from lawyers who are saying, well, two things. First of all, that's their PR exactly, folks are that's saying... That's exactly it, Chris. Yeah, you know, their PR folks are saying, hey, you, you, you got a two-year-old kid just got hurt here. Uh, you, if you don't do something, you're going to look pretty bad. And we've had fans hurt here, uh, too. I know we had a woman last year had a lot of facial uh, laceration and crack, you know, bones and all that. And then the other thing is the lawyers say, well, yeah, that's in the ticket, but the fan doesn't really have much choice if they want to go to the game. So some lawyer could maybe fight that in court and say, that's kind of a little bit of a, you know, there needs to be due diligence on your part, too. So I don't know. You know, it's, it's not, a, I was never going to catch one anyway, <laughs> you know, but my, my thing, I get, I get, I get both sides of it. I really do. And there's a lot of people who go to the games and, and take their glove, hoping to get a foul ball. Yeah. So I can see oh, that yeah. point, but, but I can also see the point, you, you know, you don't want to see anybody get hurt in any way. Right. Okay. So let's move on to the not dangerous basketball. Uh, you know, hockey can be basketball, not so much. So we have started the NBA finals and we did. Um, and it is true somewhere along the way, Toronto appeared in a pro basketball final. The, uh, the league that was in competition with the NBA was the BAA, the basketball association of America for the first late forties. And Toronto, I think made the finals uh, either in the BAA or, you know, for example, I asked, uh, Miss A, who won the 1948 NBA uh, title, it was the, she said the Baltimore Bullets. Well, they weren't those Baltimore Bullets because that team went out of business. There's a whole reorganization of the league about 1950. Really modern uh, franchises kind of a go from there, although some Celtics and Knicks been in the same place the whole time, whatever. But basically, it kind of got, you'd recognize it 50 on more than you would, even though you'd have the Lakers in Minneapolis and Detroit and, Fort, and Pistons in Fort Wayne. At least you'd know what teams you were talking about. But anyway, Toronto has been there before, apparently. But they did win on uh, Thursday night, game one. They beat the Warriors 118 to 109. And uh, actually, it says that the Gold Golden State Warriors won the 1950. Because Alexa says the Golden State Warriors won in 1956, even though it was the Philadelphia Warriors. But that's just the way she is. Um, and anyway. Was, so technically, it was the first NBA final yeah, I think played so. on international sale. Right. On international soil. Right. Are we getting first. you guys get more time during the week to listen to are we getting the stupid stuff we got with the when the Blue Jays went to the World Series, but we want an American team to win the World Series. Are we hearing that now? I've not heard that. I've not yeah, heard that. There was, there was a bunch of that with the Braves and the Blue Jays that first year and the Phillies and Blue Jays. It was silly. I mean, they, they all come from the same pot. You know, plenty of Americans that were on the Blue Jays. Uh, Toronto is a real international team, though. They've got a lot of international yes. players, more than most. But anyway, so they were going to be starting tonight at 8 o'clock. Did you, were you able to get anything on that there yet? I Just talk for just a second, and I will get it. Okay. So uh, they yeah. Toronto is now leading uh, uh, one game to none. So they're going to play uh, tonight at 8 o'clock. They are playing right now in Toronto. 
then they'll be going out to uh, Golden State for yeah. one of those games. Uh, they will be Wednesday, on Wednesday Friday. and Wednesday and Friday, and then of course Game Five if necessary is Monday, then Thursday, and then Sunday Father's Day. Yeah. Right. The uh, okay, Warriors so. are leading Chris twenty to nineteen with two forty seven to go in the first quarter. Okay, that's a close one. And so in the NHL, uh, Perry, of course, is a Blues fan. I'm a Bruins fan, and uh, we had uh, a, an interesting three games here that these teams played on Monday night. The Bruins won four to two. They got an empty net goal, and they they pretty much dominated the Blues on Monday night. But on uh, Wednesday night here in Boston, the Blues dominated the Bruins. It was only a 3-2 to two game, and it went into overtime because Rask was pretty good as a goalie. But, um, you know, they really territorially and out shooting the Bruins uh, badly. But then last night, they went into St. Louis, and the Bruins totally turned it around, <clears throat> beating the um, beating the uh, Blues 7-2. to two. They have now, in the three games that have been in St. Louis, the two in 1970 in the finals and the one last night, uh, I saw a stat in the Globe today, they've outscored the Blues 19-5. to five. In St. Louis, that's pretty amazing. But that, and and also Dan Shaughnessy did his annual. When this happens, when the when the Boston played St. Louis, he went through the history of Boston and St. Louis. Now, first of all, this is the only two cities who've ever faced each other in uh, finals in all four sports, and I didn't know that. So we had, of course, the Red Sox. Uh, lost in six, uh, 46 and 67 in seven-game series to the Cardinals, but then they beat them uh, in four games in 04 and beat the Cardinals in 13. The Patriots beat the St. Louis Rams in their first Super Bowl win uh, with the Adam Vinatieri uh, uh, last-second field goal, and so we know about that. Uh, of course, they played the Rams again, but the Rams were now in Los Angeles. Uh, then in basketball, the Celtics and Hawks. Remember, the Hawks used to be there. Uh, they went to Atlanta uh, in uh, a couple of years, uh, about 69, but in 57, the Celtics beat them in seven. In 58, the Hawks beat Atlanta, uh, beat the Celtics because Bill Russell got hurt in six games in St. Louis. And in 60 and 61, uh, Celtics won in seven and in five. So right now, the Boston leads St. Louis six to three in uh, these confrontations. And basically, the only time that uh, the the uh, Boston has ever won uh, a St. Louis series, they've they've not won in St. Louis hardly ever. They've you know to clinch it or anything. The, the baseball was, but the hockey wasn't. And the basketball never was. So a lot, not too many times in St. Louis. But he, Dan Shaughnessy pointed out that the St. Louis people were very. Uh, accommodating to the Red Sox. They let the Red Sox fans out on the field and they let people in without tickets at the end of the game because other Cardinal fans were leaving, of course, and, uh, you know, and, and uh, let a lot of New Englanders in and were very nice to them. So that's that's good. One more note in hockey. We have. So, no, no, uh, no. no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Chris. When is game, when is game four? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Game, game four is tomorrow night. Uh, Monday night. Uh, that's right. Eight o'clock. All the games now are switching over to NBC. So you will see them all. Anytime you can win the Stanley Cup, it's always on NBC because they want to have that uh, ceremony and see the cup carried around. So they're going to be every three days for the rest of the series. Game four will be tomorrow night, 8 o'clock in St. Louis, because now they're going to be traveling. So game five will be Thursday night back here at, again, 8 o'clock. All games at 8 o'clock. If necessary, Sunday, uh, we will, you know, we'll be on opposite of the, uh, opposite that uh, next Sunday if they're playing on June 9th. And then uh, the, and that'd be in St. Louis and game seven. We'll be back here on June 12th at the TD Garden and just one hiring in uh, hockey. Uh, and that was, uh, Let's see. Edmonton hired Dave Tippett uh, as their coach. Uh, not a great job up there, but uh, he's got it. And I guess the Anaheim job is still open. And uh, other than that, I think that would basically take care of the uh, hockey. I think, I, think by, I think, by the way, we have a, a caller that we need to get to, and that's going to be Pierre. Pierre, what happened today? A football game about broke out in the baseball stadium down there. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, wasn't that a game? Wasn't it, though? I mean, I, I didn't think Southern Miss had a chance in the world to win that game, and lo and behold, 13-12 yeah, was the final. 12-9 <laughs> going into the bottom of the ninth, and they pulled it out. But they and, it was, and it was 10-2, ten, ten like in the seventh. Yeah, that's what I say. They were, they were behind by like eight runs in the seventh inning and came back. So who won this uh, game, LSU or, or Southern, no, uh, Miss? Southern, Southern Miss? Beat, Southern Miss beat Arizona State. Arizona State, okay. All right. right. So now and, they play uh, LSU coming up here at the top of the hour. Okay. Right, right, at 8 o'clock, yeah. And, okay, uh, what, what else, what so else is going on, Pierre? How about, how about this one, Pierre? All three Mississippi teams will be playing at the exact same time tonight. <laughs> right. And what about that uh, score? Who was it, uh, 24 to 6? Yeah, uh, Baylor beat uh, Nebraska right. Omaha yesterday, twenty four six. Wow! <laughs> and uh, let's, uh, let's see, Kyle Busch won the Dover race today. Okay. And uh, oh, and uh, you forgot to mention Perry that Ben Zobrist was out for the rest of the year. He wouldn't. Oh, back. yeah, that's right. Yes, Ben Zobrist is done for the year. <laughs> he, he the the problem is he and his wife are in a in a divorce situation. I don't think anybody's totally sure what happened, but uh, yeah, Ben Zobrist is done. And the Cubs signed Carlos Gonzalez, who had been with the Cleveland Indians the other day, and he's going to be activated by the Iowa Cubs, I guess, on Tuesday. Okay. Now, Pierre, now, I know they do the playoffs, of course, later on, but who are, who are some of the top drivers in the standing in contention for the, you know, the top spot of the Cup? The okay. Okay, Kevin Harvick, um, let's see, uh, of course, Kyle Busch, um, uh, Chase uh, Elliott. Um, uh, There's quite a few right now. I mean, it's wide open right now. Yeah. That's the problem. They're all tied up close together right now, but they'll they'll uh, separate themselves as the season goes on. When do they get – when is the playoff – when is the quote-unquote regular season over and when do the playoffs start? Around uh, October. Okay. All right. And then have they been – how have they been uh, scheduling their races in October, November? You've got college football on Saturday. you got pro football on Sunday. How are they doing with that? Well, they, they're they're holding their own. I mean, NAS, true NASCAR fans are NASCAR fans. Okay. Yeah, right. they have NBC, so they don't have as much conflict as far as TV time. But right. they're working it around certain licks that you yeah. have. Yeah. Like you, yeah said, you start to chase. You start to chase in late August, early September. Then it gets down. You know, when they you're your top ten, and then all that. And then October is down to where it gets really serious. Then it ends. But, but I think they have two. I think they have two more weeks left on Fox Sports 1, and then they go over to NBC. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I guess we can move on to football. We had a couple of items. We, we uh, had gotten the word, of course, uh, last Sunday when he did die, that Bart Starr had died, but I got uh, obituary information from on his career, and uh, this will be uh, something interesting. Of course, I was 85 years old. He had had a stroke in 2014. And uh, he was, uh, you know, always in uh, trouble after that and basically just uh, had to live out the last few years of his life uh, not being able to do very much. He was 85 years old. He was uh, with the Packers. Of course, he went to the University of Alabama. And I read an article uh, that we had in the, in the, our sports group, and he really didn't play much in Alabama. He, he was just sort of, uh, he had some injuries and so forth. So he was a long shot. They drafted him in the 17th round. This is back when the NFL had big drafts. Of course, there were only uh, uh, 12 teams in the league, too. So, the, the, you know, there weren't that many uh, players in each. 
17th round. But anyway, he was drafted in the 17th round, came to the Packers, didn't play too much. The first, the first year he didn't play at all. 57 and 58, he played behind, ba- he, he played behind Babe Pirelli, who later was a star with the Patriots. But then in 59, uh, Vince Lombardi uh, saw something in him, saw his leadership ability, and he made him the starting quarterback. And like Belichick and Brady, as we said last week, it's a, it was a partnership, you know, that they did very well with. So he was with the Packers from 56 through 71. He coached them from 75 through 83. So they said in, in uh, 73, I think it was, uh, they tried Johnny Anatis as Nitus and Bart Starr as uh, color analysts at CBS. That didn't work. But his coaching record, and you can tell he had a long leash. He was 52, 76, and 3 with the Packers from in those years. So you can see that uh, he was the, their guy, and they weren't didn't want to, you know, they probably actually asked him, would it be okay if you let you go, sir? Because, you know, that nowadays, I mean, hey, the 80s, I'm not saying there was no media, no pressure, but nowadays you couldn't be more, with a percentage like that, probably couldn't be around for more than about three years, you know? So uh, that was it. So then uh, his... Uh, he was the Super Bowl MVP in the first two Super Bowls. Uh, the Packers won uh, uh, the uh, NFL championship with him. Now, they lost the first game uh, to the Eagles in 1960, as we told you. But then they won all the rest of their playoff games. They won the title in 61, 62, and then 65, 66, and 67. And the 66 and 67 teams were the ones that went to the Super Bowl. And then, of course, in that article, they talked about what we talked about, about the ice bowl. Uh, and, uh, you know, fake, you know, looking like he was, he was supposed to give it to Chuck Mercine and he kept it and took it into the end zone. There was no thought of a field goal at all. And, uh, Vince Lombardi's quote, apparently, uh, they went over to the sidelines. They called timeout about 17 seconds ago, went over to the sidelines and, and uh, he says, Hey coach, what do you want to do? He says, let's run the ball and get the hell out of here. So that was the deal. Uh, so he was the uh, MVP of the NFL in 1966. Uh, he, he is, uh, he had five times he had the top passer rating between 1962 and 1969. He was Hall of Fame in 77, 3,149 passing attempts. He had 1,808 completions. So, you know, we think about in the later years, like, like Kenny Anderson dumping the ball off. Well, he threw some long ones too, but he was always moving them down the field, whatever it took. They were a big running team, of course, with Taylor and Horning and uh, Donnie Anderson and Racine and all that. But, you know, uh, he had a good percentage there at 1,808 out of 31, uh, what did I say, 31.49. Then we had, uh, so 152 touchdowns, 138 interceptions. Now, that's kind of amazing. It's not as good a ratio as I thought it might have been. So then uh, 24,718 yards and uh, and a a very uh, great uh, quarterback rating. So, and then I told you about his... uh, coaching rating but now i think next we should probably talk uh, we had mentioned another death which came up on sunday which was the death of rod bramlett the voice of the auburn tigers and his most famous call is what's called the kick six when alabama was trying to kick a, a long field goal to just see if they could win the game i guess it was tied and uh, this was a big upset and i know bill's got that queued up so we can listen to rod bramlett you get a, a good idea of what he sounded like excellent announcer he's going to be a, those are going to be hard shoes to fill so anyway first, you got what that, you're going to hear first is the message that we got it's you're going to hear uh david introduce it and then he'll and then the, the kick six will be that's played. right too okay so All here right. you go go ahead bill all for one more second okay we can do that rod right. bramlett of course would right. have been doing baseball this weekend but uh they have uh fill-in announcers because uh you know, the servers may be going or what have you this weekend. And yeah. oddly enough, they hit a walk-off home run last night. So uh, uh-huh. for Auburn baseball, they, and they're playing right now. So 
And he and his wife were rear-ended by a 16-year-old, it turned out, uh, on wow. Saturday a week ago, Six. last night, Saturday night uh, of Memorial Day weekend. So the investigation of that, by the way, is continuing. Right. Wow, and we're good to go now. Okay, Okay, go ahead. so here's right. Rod Bramlett. Who could ever forget Rod Bramlett's most famous call? It was the 2013 Iron Bowl which was the annual college football meeting between Auburn and Alabama. Chris Davis of Auburn running back the missed Alabama field goal 109 yards for the game-winning touchdown. Chris Davis is going to drop back into the end zone and single safety. Well, I guess if this thing comes up short, he field it and run it out. All right, here we go. 56-yarder. Wow. How about that? 
and there you go. That yeah. was that was that was his best call. And he's had others. Uh, oh yeah. Clearly, he he got to go to the final four this year, and um, you know, some would say <laughs> some would say they should have been in the championship game, but. Yeah, he was uh, that, a not that, a happy camper with that call. I remember that I was, was listening not. to him. But he sure was not. He but, was not. No, that that's great. You know, and what happens is, and of course, it's like uh, it's like the pro teams, but even more so because you get involved with the with the community. You know, especially if you're doing all the sports. Some of them don't. You know, Eli Gold doesn't do all the sports in Alabama and all that. But you're around the baseball team, the basketball team, the football team. You're on the air more days maybe almost than a play-by-play baseball guy because you get a longer uh, part of the year you're on from september to to june and let's not forget the spring football uh, game so you know you got you're just a part of the community and you know a guy like that is that you know people turn down the sound they listen to these guys because they're the local call they don't want to hear the national guys they want to hear their local be it eli gold or him or whoever it is the guy in mississippi is great uh david david kellum you know they want to hear those guys and uh, there's a real bond between the communities and, and, and the SEC guys. and the SEC is probably the biggest out of all of it because they take their their broadcasters seriously they want to hear their guys to heck with the TV or whatever they want their guys right and they're yeah. all very good they, you know you turn around and those you know you you listen around on on the, uh, your your stream or your iPhone or your XM or your miss a and you listen to these games and they are all quality announcers they're they're very good and you know they're brought it brought in obviously some young ones now they'll be a new one in Auburn. I'm sure they'll pick a fine person, but you know they they really have quality announcers. And anytime you listen to an SEC game, you you have a quality choice to make as to who you're going to hear. You certainly do. But speaking and, of, speaking, Chris, of a quality choice, we have to make. Sean, you got about oh a minute and a half to tell us about Art Bryles, and then you got to give us the promotions. Well, okay. First of all, I will say Craig Way spoke very highly of this announcer. You know, he if you heard the heard the clips that he was talking about him, and yeah, he he did say that that announcer paints a picture. But all right, this thing came down a week ago Friday. It was a late night news drop. Art Bryles, former coach of Baylor, we all know. What all happened with him, with Baylor? Not necessarily, yes, we all know it happens at a lot of schools, but Art Riles, the cover up, the whole thing with the, with the rape of, of, you know, the football players with assault, with rape, and him covering it up, getting dismissed. He was, of course, had a chance to go coach in the Canadian Football League. They said no. Mount Vernon High School. Uh, population 2,600. It's a 3A school in the state of Texas, uh, about 400 students. Mount Vernon High School decided to hire Art Riles as their head football coach and athletic director, overseeing all of athletics. And, of course, Tuesday, the superintendent had a press conference. And what he said was, oh, we vetted him. Uh, we vetted him. We and when people asked him, they said, "Okay, uh, did you talk to the NCA? No. Did you talk to people at Baylor? Did you talk to uh, people involved, uh, parents? Uh, no, no. We just talked to people that knew him that he put on the resume. We talked to Grant Taft. We talked to this person, but we vetted him. He so yeah." Art Bryles coaching high school football. Now, Bryles, of course, has had multiple scandals, of course, with Baylor. We all know what all went on from 2011 to 2016 as far as uh, the allegations. Stephenville High School, there was steroid use. There was incidents of one player, one girl who 
her, you know, she was assaulted by a player. Her dad confronted Bryles. Bryles said, well, I guess he said, she said. It was all at Stephenville High School. But, yeah, Art Bryles coaching again. Mm, that's, yeah. <laughs> okay, so. In I, high school. Yeah, high wow. School. So we got we got about two minutes. Maybe we got about a minute two and a half. minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 14 to 18-year-old kids. And he's also the athletic director. He owns yeah, right. the women's sports team. That's great. That's all i got to say. But. You know what? Those of you that want to hear this award-winning, that's right. We are award-winning. We, we don't know what get award. together New Year's Eve and gave each other awards. We were drunk, but we did it. I told you that. A few yes, months ago. yes, we did. But if you want to hear this at any time, you can download legendoldies.com. You can go there and get uh, get all of the podcasts. You can also uh, go to your podcatcher. Get worldwide, all one word, space legend, and type in Sports Lounge Live. You can also. Uh, Go to your smart device, say, play Worldwide Legend Podcast. It will give you Sports Lounge Live, All Things Radio, The Coffee Club, and that great town hall meeting that was up Wednesday. That's another one. You know, it was up, you know, it will give, which I thought was a very well run uh, meeting, and it will give you all of those to listen to. Also, uh, normally we are up at seven seven three five seven two seven seven one five. There is a problem with the podcast uploading feature, so you can still leave us messages there. But hopefully, when it gets fixed, we will have that there. But anybody who does want to listen on the phone, you don't have all those others. Of course, we want to thank Happy Ruth Tag. They're putting it up at seven one two four three two six four nine eight, and we are podcast number four. All Things Radio is podcast one. Coffee Club is podcast three. So I want to thank uh, those folks. But hopefully we will get that other one. Yeah, fixed. probably later this week. Right? He was getting an IT yeah, guy. Pro- and they needed yeah, probably, this, probably, probably this week. week. Yeah. It is, yeah, we it want is to time thank- is up. So everybody have a good week and we'll see you next time.